from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Thursday, February 16th, 2023. I've got a packed show today, packed, 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 including a Pegasus scandal that hasn't made it to any English-speaking media, but sure as heck got me riled up last night. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, more uh, VMware ransomware. The ESXi ARG continues to run its course across the world, even though we've been talking about it for three weeks now. Um, Intel vulnerabilities, a TikTok challenge that forced Hyundai and Kia to patch something. So when we talk about banning TikTok, you'll understand exactly why we need to do that as well as the city of Oakland declaring a state of emergency. That's all on our program this morning. So don't go anywhere. Please make sure to subscribe to cyberhubpodcast.com. Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform or go to our YouTube channel where you can catch the latest of the Cyberhub podcast uh, uh, content, including our episode of CISO Talk that you see right there on your screen in the middle with the awesome, magnificent, and very wise Ken Foster, the VP of IT GRC over at Fleet Corps. Um, Ken has a long cherished history as a security practitioner, and we talk about modern security challenges and how he solves them in his current and previous roles. A wonderful, wonderful conversation. Take 30 minutes. Go check out the CISO Talk podcast. Now, let me grab my cup of coffee. I want to say good morning to everyone in the comments. I see y'all. I see y'all. I'm trying to keep the show under 10, 15 minutes, and so um, I will reply thereafter. But Avishai, who's with us this morning, I'm having a Aroma Espresso. And, and if you've been to Israel, you know what Aroma is. Uh, being in Florida over the last few days at S4, we were at Lowe's Hotel and Lowe's has an aroma right in front of it. So who would I be if I didn't buy some of their espresso capsules for my espresso machine? Because why the hell not? Aroma has pretty decent coffee considering the fact the other stuff that you get here in the States. So coffee cup cheers, y'all. All right, I got to take a second sip here. I got to. Not ever being mixed in espresso, but espresso is made by really good beans and Aroma knows how to hit that, take that one home. So uh, there's that. All right, we'll start with the uh, VMware ESXi. Sorry there, I was uh, on this story. Um, now hitting over 500 additional new targets in France, Germany, Netherlands, UK, and the Ukraine. The finding comes from census that discovered two additional hosts that are strikingly similar in ransom notes dating back to October of 2022, just after the ESXi version 6.5 and 6.7 reach end of life. The first set of infections dated back to October 12th much earlier than what we thought was February 2023. Then on January 31st, the ransom notes on the two different hosts are said to have been updated and revised to the one that we're currently seeing on the current wave. Some of the crucial differences between the two ransom notes includes the use of an Onion URL instead of a Tox chat ID, a Proton mail address at the bottom of the note, and a lower ransom demand, 1.05 bitcoins versus 2.09 Each variant of the ransom notes from October 2022 through February 2023 are strikingly similar in wording to the note of an earlier ransomware variant, uh, Cheerscribed, which gained notoriety in early 2022. Researchers Mark Elizzi and Emily Austin have said it's worth noting that ESXi is suspected to be based on the leaked Babic ransomware code, which also spawned other variants like uh, Cheerscribed and Pride Locker last year. The development comes less than a week after threat actors return with a new variant and tweaking the encryption method and the ransom note following the release of a decryptor. Um, CISA is now saying they're targeting end-of-life devices here. 
but there is a patch in place. The patch has been in place for two years. So um, this story is just continuing to evolve because apparently no one's reading the news. Dozens of vulnerabilities have been patched in Intel. Uh, Intel this week announced their patch Tuesday, patching dozens of vulnerabilities across its products, inclu- uh, including critical and high severity issues. The most severe issue, CV 2021 or 2.9 or 6, a CVSS score of 10, which impacts the integrated baseboard management uh, controller, that's the BMC, and open BMC firmware of several Intel platforms. The bug was identified in 2021 in the net IP mid uh, interface that could allow an attacker to obtain root access to the BMC, bypassing authentication using uh, crafted IPMI messages. Four other vulnerabilities were addressed in BMC and open BMC firmware, including a high severity out of bounds read issue that could lead to a denial of service. Intel has addressed these bugs with the release of the integrated BMC firmware versions 2.86, 2.09, and 2.78, and open BMC soft uh, firmware versions. 0.72, WHT-1.01-61, and EGS 0.9-1-2179. Patches were also released for high-severity privilege escalation defects in the Zon processors with SGX CV 2022-3319-6. Both BIOS and microcode updates that address this issue are now available. Intel also warned of a high-severity escalation of privilege issues CV 2022-21216 impacting Atom and Xeon processors and released microcode updates for both of those, including CVE 2022-339-72. An incorrect calculation bug could lead to information disclosure there as well. A TikTok challenge has people going out and trying to steal Hyundais and Kias with a USB cable. Now, that's forced Hyundai and Kia to roll out an emergency software update for several of the cars that are impacted by the easy hack uh, in response to increasing theft targeting its vehicle without the push button ignition and immobilizing anti-theft devices in the U.S. Hyundai is introducing a free anti-theft software upgrade to prevent the vehicles from starting during a method of theft popularized on TikTok, <laughs> of all places. The, har- the car hack has been heavily promoted on TikTok as a challenge, since July of 2022, with videos showing how to remove the steering column cover to reveal a USB, USB-A slot that can be used to hotwire the car. The issues lies in a logic flaw that allows the turnkey to start system to bypass the immobilizer that verifies the authenticity of the code and the key's transponders to the car's ECU. This allows Steve to forcibly activate the ignition cylinder using any USB cable to start the car. The impact of the so-called Kia challenge was so significant that in Los Angeles, the two brands had a steep 85% increase in thefts in 2022 compared to previous years, while Chicago reported a nine-fold rise for the same. Help me understand how TikTok isn't banned yet. These are the car, if you own a Hyundai or a Kia and you're not sure, these are the years and the cars that are affected by it, and you may want to go and get that free software upgrade if you can. Splunk also introduced on Patch Tuesday their own updates that resolve multiple high-severity vulnerabilities, including security defects impacting third-party packages. The most severe of, of the vulnerabilities are CVE 2023-229-39 and 229-35 with a CVSS score of 8.1. The two issues could lead to the bypass of search processing language safeguards for risky commands. Both flaws affect instances with Splunk Web enabled and require a high-privileged user to make the request in their browser. CVE 2023-229-34, another SPL safeguard bypass in Splunk Enterprise requires an authenticated user to craft a saved job before a request is made in the browser. 
CVE also released patches for two high-severity cross-site scripting vulnerabilities, CVE 2023-229-32 and 229-33, and also released additional resources to hunt for signs of malicious exploitation. Patches were also released for several multiple medium-severity uh, vulnerabilities in Splunk Enterprise, so you want to make sure if you haven't patched those that you get those there and updated. The city of Oakland, which is suffering from a ransomware attack, has now declared a state of an emer- of emergency. This comes after a local state of emergency uh, uh, after the ransomware attack that took the systems offline on February 8th. The interim city administrator, uh, Gerald Duffy, declared a state of emergency to allow the city of Oakland to expedite orders, materials, and equipment procurement and activate emergency workers when needed. So the incident did not have effect on core services within the city, but it did impact other parts of the city. And while the ransomware attack only impacted non-emergency services, many systems were taken down as a precaution and they're being very careful with how they bring those up. Uh, They have not yet shared if there's been any ransom demands. Um, I asked several people I know if they've seen anything on the web, uh, on the darknet, to indicate that there's a ransom demand at this time, there isn't one. So this obviously uh, is getting complex. And now for the story I promised all of y'all today. So um, this story is not being covered by any English medium. I've looked for it. I've been looking for it since I saw it last night. So I'm on my flight uh, out of Miami yesterday, uh, flying back home. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching something in, in Hebrew. Uh, for, for those who don't know, I, I read, write, and speak fluent Hebrew. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm reading this story, and I'm, I'm then watching a subsequent video, and I'm mind-boggled. So I'm, I'm going to put something up. It's in Hebrew. Don't, don't get twisted. I couldn't find it in English. No, English media is covering this, but they should be. So um, for those who don't know, uh, the current Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, is under several indictments um, for corruption or, 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 or you know, uh, giving favors, uh, uh, allegedly, uh, for Simon office. He hasn't been convicted. He's been charged. Um, this trial's been ongoing. It's been, it, there's three different cases that have been brought against the uh, uh, current prime minister. However, uh, while these investigations were going into these cases, the prime minister still had uh, immunity. Um, and in order to actually... Uh, be able to investigate the prime minister, you needed to have uh, authorization from the uh, essentially the, the attorney general for the government um, and the Supreme Court. Well, it now appears that Pegasus by NSO was being used to spy on Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his immediate um, uh, group. And, and what I'm talking about, his immediate group, I'm talking about people who work day in and day out with the prime minister. Now, Israel has very, very clear laws in regards to how an investigation um, um, should be handled into a sitting prime minister, uh, meaning specifically um, that if there is a need to listen to a prime minister um, and use any sort of tools, um, then you do so by having the um, uh, attorney general go to the Supreme Court and file a warrant. Um, in this specific scenario, this wasn't done. The police took the um, used Pegasus to essentially spy on people around Netanyahu while they were around uh, people around Netanyahu while they were in a room with Netanyahu um, in order to get recordings of conversations that were going on there. So 
this isn't about politics right left this isn't about conservative or 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 liberal uh this has to do with the fact that these cyber tools end up being misused and mismanaged and in this case um could have national security implications um because of an investigation so when you're listening to a sitting prime minister and you're not doing it from a place and they weren't doing it from a place that that would have had the security clearance to listen to those conversations meaning they could have been listening to a conversation around a military uh, exercise that, that would have risked lives. Um, and had that been leaked, um, had someone in the room um, been uh, on a different payroll um, or would have mentioned it to someone in their family of the stuff that they're listening to um, is, 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 is greatly, greatly significant. The fact that this isn't on um, and kind of showing the need I'm not talking about reg regulatory here, but I'm talking about fair use, right? So, you know, if you go back, yours truly here, I was a big defender of NSO group saying they sell a product and then it's up to the people who buy the product to use it responsibly. Well, here the Israeli police and prosecution misused this product to spy on a sitting prime minister um, and, and listen in on calls when he had immunity without going through the legal uh, uh, case for immunity to seek um these these listenings uh and and being able to listen and the fact is that the judges are allowing this to continue while in court these recordings are happening and the voice of prime minister Netanyahu is on these recordings that they're playing is is in, in its mind mind-boggling because it's it's in any legal in any in any jurisdiction that's an illegal uh way to to, to gather evidence and it would, would be thrown out so this whole thing is just mind-boggling um, and, 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 and shattering in, in the fact that one Pegasus was being used in that. And, and if they're doing that to an active prime minister, what does that mean for citizens and other people around? What does that mean for uh, potentially nation states who could potentially not target a CEO of a company, but target people around that CEO to use Pegasus to listen in on conversation. And they were turning on my, they have hacked the phones of people around the prime minister, including his son, uh, including his chief of staff, including other people. They used Pegasus there and they were turning on the microphone on demand um, on these devices to listen to conversations that were happening in the room. And that to me is a complete and absolute abuse. I don't care who you do it to, whether it be uh, a sitting prime minister or an average citizen um, without a valid court order uh, that is huge and and it's mind-boggling and, and and it had me shook yesterday um still has me shook today and that's why i wanted to share this story with y'all no english media is covering this none you won't find it anywhere i've looked um i looked all night last night and then again when i woke up this morning first thing i did was go all right did someone pick up on it because this was published you know pretty pretty uh late in the afternoon after the five o'clock news cycle meaning you know it wasn't going to get picked up till the next next news cycle which would have been this morning nowhere nowhere none anywhere so there's that that's it for our show today um i have a summary of s4 that i'll be doing in a short video uh, I'll, I'll put out over the weekend about a five minute video keep your eyes out um on our social media channels and our youtube channel to catch that as well also tomorrow our friday conversations return with my good buddy amit shaked uh we're going to be talking about data democratization and cloud transformation so uh, that'll air live tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern on all of your favorite social media channels and podcast listening platforms. Thank you all for tuning in this morning. Thanks for being an awesome, awesome audience. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. And most importantly, stay cyber safe.
We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.